Hello and welcome to Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast, episode 51. And we're back after a little bit of a prolonged delay because, well, man, Travis put a ring on it. He yeah. is officially a new man. Uh, Travis, how's it feeling since all that? That was a fun weekend. Um, looks like you followed up to the eventful week. How are you feeling at this point? And uh, how's, it, how's the weather up there? I hear it's a little humid and hot. First off, I'm exhausted. Marriage life's <laughs> going well. I've driven to work twice and gotten halfway there and realized I've got you know, my wedding ring on. because I've Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, shit, got my lunch, got my water, and no wedding bed. So that's a good start. <laughs> Two for six on those work days. Um, weather is definitely been humid as shit. Um, like, we're talking 93, feels like 99, which is fucking terrible. Um, but we got a huge lightning storm. As we're oh, you there. New Englanders. I will say, I miss a lightning storm. I miss a nice thunder and lightning. Yeah. Uh, I think there was one thunder, rumble, and lightning here and i was driving i'm like what the fuck is this um so caught me off guard but i'm ready for yeah, the uh, you new englanders complain about we were so much ready for the summer to be here and then all of a sudden it gets here and it's like oh it's so hot i will tell you though for our the wedding that i that i had i would have taken having to move that shit inside with the rain over what the following weekend was where it was 89 right. degrees, and I think all of us would have been sweating the moment we put a shirt on, never mind the suit jacket. Yeah, there's a, I'm not sure, obviously, if ladies can, um, can, can really understand this, but as far as guys, I know for me, in a suit, like if you're sitting or standing and it's super hot, because it's one of the most uncomfortable things, right? You don't want to pit through, you don't want to pit through your, your jacket, there's like a certain, I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's like a certain way that you sit and you like get nice and tall and you try to like touch as little of the shirt as you possibly can. It's a weird thing. Your it's hard to explain, but yeah, there's like a, I think if you, you, you just got to focus on not sweating and, uh, but yes, I, I agree. I think inside I, I could deal with, uh, you know, the 45, 50 degree rainy, uh, weather, because of the inside um the super hot one yeah that would have been kind of kind of much um but yeah man this is our first one since since then and there's a lot that's been happening in the sports world for sure i know we've been following it pretty close um but since we've talked you know bruins been plugging away um unfortunately tough one we'll go over um last night it looked like a pretty shitty game then they gave us a little hope and then they ripped our heart out um and Bruce Cassidy's going to have an, or has a hefty 25 K fine for speaking out, but I'll be interested to hear um, if you agree with his take uh, Celtics are done new management, new stuff going on coaches, a new coach um, to be appointed. That'll be interesting to, to see who ends up being that, but we'll make our guesses, I guess. And then, uh, you know, baseball don't want to talk about the Yankees really don't want to, um, we'll keep that at bay for now. And then last thing, NFL, uh, mandatory camps starting up here. So, um, knock on all the wood around us, but there's no, been no injuries on the day one. Typically you see the, the, the weird defensive end pulling off the line, boom, done for the year. So we hope that's good around the league. Hasn't happened. Um, Cam Newton. 
Okay, well, well, yeah, I, I texted you earlier because I think we have it recorded, um, so we have it documented that you came out and said, yeah, I hope he, I can't remember what injury you said you hope he gets, but I almost feel like it was a hand off a helmet or something or a thumb, and uh, very much sounds like that was the case. I, I was listening to Pat McAfee, and he was like, the fastest way to get fired in the NFL is not knowing how to practice. And what probably happened was some young guy who didn't know how to practice decided he wanted to make sort of a statement, stand out. And he got a little too close to quarterback, which is a huge no-no. And uh, Well, it's contradicting, like, they say he hit off a helmet, but also, like, one one report was, like, they were doing, like, dodging some uh, – like, dodging a coach throwing blocking pads at them, and he hit it off a blocking pad trying to – like, like which – me is the stupidest fucking drill if that's what you're doing just might as well just start pegging them with baseball it's like get out of the way and try to throw the ball at the same time like <laughs> you can dodge a ball you can yeah, dodge a wrench um, or on the other way around switch ball. that around yeah um but let's start with hockey because we're, we'll go over the, the landscape of what's what's happening in the playoffs um we're holding on but our team is still in it which is cool the bruins um Let's uh, let's talk about them. Then we'll go kind of touch on the other series because um, we got some good ones outside of that. We got one that's already over. What type of parallel universe do we live in, and where the Canadians are sweeping? And then uh, I don't know. Um, right if the Bruins end up losing, I'm rooting for the Canadians all the freaking way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like watching Caulfield, man. He's yeah, Caulfield. He's electric. He's just a great player. Um, Maybe yeah, let's fair price win it win a cup too. It would. He's been he's been playing so well for so long under so much pressure, um, and I think it's just good in hockey sense. But but we digress because our we digress because our team is still in this. Um, it's only two two wins in a row. That's it. So last night we had a game. Uh, so uh, let's back it up. So we've missed a few games since we've uh, recorded last, but we had. Um, Maybe the whole series, to be honest. Game one was the night of my wedding. I remember being <laughs> a camera right. at the bar, sitting next to my wife in her wedding dress, and like, oh, pass next to It was game one. That was the hat Margaritas. Yep. Third period. Got to see a couple goals there. Um, and then they uh, – so the Rangers – or the Islanders tied it up. Next game, Bruins won it. Next game. Okay, so I think this is the game that I want to kind of touch on. The second game – in the Islanders, Bruins just got – I couldn't tell if they were being – I mean, if the Islanders are playing so well, feeding off at home, being down by a game with that pressure, if that just overtook everything or if the Bruins were just off because they looked pretty pretty out – I mean, that yeah. game, that game, Tuca was outrageous first off. He, oh, yeah. made, he made saves. He made that glove save at the end of the game. He did not see that. But it was just his night, you know. He he was outrageous. It was outrageous. Um, even the goals were sort of like, all right, whatever. Um, so that wasn't really encouraging. But what was nice to know is that the Bruins have home ice, so they're going back to Boston. Game five, you you would expect that they'd feed off that energy, and they came out. And if you looked at the stats without the score of like the shots on net, and you saw some of the highlight, like you would. I, I thought you would have thought that the, the Bruins uh, were going to win that game. It was just penalties. Uh, we'll get into it with Bruce Cassidy talking about it at the end there. Um, 
he thinks I think that was just a lot of frustration talking where there were calls in that game and previous games that, you know, if they're getting called for penalties and the calls that they're getting, there's absolutely reason for the, for Islanders to have getting some of these calls too. So we'll talk about that because I'm not so sure that I saw maybe in this game in particular, a ton of blown or missed calls, but maybe in past games. Um, And then we had Rask who was just kind of, just kind of off. You know, I don't know if, uh, you know, we saw Swayman come in in the third period there. We we talked about him, if he was going to be somebody they used in the playoffs, you know, not the ideal situation you want to see him come into. He made a couple of good saves right away. uh, Kind of left. I mean, there was a guy wide open in front of the net. So it was just. That's that's the, the, honestly, the moral of game five was that the Bruins absolutely dominated. Barlamov stood on his head for the majority of it. Sure. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I was screaming at the TV because it was like, oh, my God. Like, first of all, Pasternak goal for, to begin with. Marshawn had a goal, put it across the entire goal line, which should have been a goal. I think he even raised yeah. his hand at one point thinking it was a goal. Um, but the moral of the story is that the Bruins defensemen are so depleted now. Connor Clifton is, is like sometimes reliable. He can be – the dude – Sometimes I feel like he forgets he's playing defense out there. And it's like, dude, there's a guy right next to you. Oh, guy scored. Oh, next shift, you chase the guy around the net, and the guy wraps around the other side of the net. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, these are these are basic plays. This is not like you got beat down and around. Like, it's just guy next to you, you you, you pick up his stick. Um, that's the moral of the story. Tuka Rask, let's – I mean, you can break down the first goal. Do you think you, – you, did you watch the whole game? I uh, Well, I so. – Long story short is I didn't want to watch him lose like sure handedly. And then all of a sudden watch the first period. How's that? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So that Barzell goal, that's that one's on Tuca by all means. Tuca did not come out, challenge a shot. And I mean, the guy, the commentator was like, Oh yeah. He went high up, ripped it right over him. Like, dude, Tuca was already down. Like he could, that was the, that was a savable shot. The rest of them, I will not fault any of the other goals on Tuca. No, that's the complete defensive breakdowns. Um, that being said, you expect Tuka to make some of these saves and, and at least be more solid in that. I mean, you could tell wasn't himself. 16 shots, four goals against. That's not great. Well, it, it makes it even more glaring when it comes off of the game he did last game, you know, right. away for that matter. You know, being in at New York's home ice and playing the way that he did and coming back and just not looking even play, some of the plays outside of the net where he was going to play the puck it was just it just didn't look right um so part of me was like you know this the switch to swayman do you think how do you feel about that in game or like potentially next game well we i guess we could go in that conversation but like in this case, in-game, because it wasn't outrageous. Like, it wasn't goals that were, as you said, other than that first one, it's like you can't really blame it as well. But at the same time, you, you would hope he would save it. I don't know. I expected that change to happen. So part of me feels like, is is there a chance Tuca might be laboring a little bit? Well, so part of me felt like, it was 50-50 whether like, he was, you know, that for how he has played, giving up, like I said, three of the goals, more so defensive breakdowns than on him. Um, but giving up four goals and 16 shots, 
isn't great. So that, that has not been the standard that Tuca has set thus far in the playoffs, regardless of whether he's hurt or not, which I think it's clear yeah. that he is. And I mean, not hurt enough because he's been out there and played nine games and he's been really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's hurt enough that he's definitely not at a hundred percent, whether it's his back, whether it's whatever it may be. Um, and obviously it's hockey. So they never tell you, I mean, he could have a ruptured spleen and still be playing. They don't tell you this after the season, like first round play with an entire punctured lung for a series. Um, they don't tell you these things until it's after the fact. So part of me felt in the moment, it definitely seemed as if, all right, he's given up four goals on 16 shots. And especially the one later in that period was pretty demoralizing, especially after how well they played for that period. Um, mm. And it felt like, all right, they're putting Swayman in, give him that like sense of urgency for the third period here. Um, and absent the fact that, I mean, the breakaway that he saved, that was right out of the penalty box. Yeah. yeah. Goal they gave up, like, dude, I mean – Maybe he could have saved that, but again, wide open defensive breakdown. Once again, dude, literally like on the circle, just wide open. Um, yeah. And then they then they outshot him eighteen to three for the rest of the period. Like they dominated the entire third period. Yeah. As you said, Vermolov is awesome. Again, you need great goaltending to win any playoff game, let alone a series. Um, so that was frustrating. It had many chances, just. The breakdowns were so bad. Um, I, I, I I texted you this because I, I noticed it the game before, but like Tenority out there, it just seems like if McAvoy's not out, like they're basically telling McAvoy's like, all right, you get to come, you come back to the bench when you need a little rest. As soon as you're ready to go back on the ice, you just go because we need you out there all the time. At this point, they could drop down to 3D. It's like you can't do that in an NHL playoff game, but like besides even Grizzlick has had some, but he's been yeah. pretty solid. Like McAvoy, Grizzlick, and Mike Riley has been really solid, but like you yeah. got no size. You have no size it, at that point. It seems like a little bit of a case too, where last game it just felt like uh, maybe of the past year or two where there's just too much reliance on the first line and the 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 awesome play that we saw in the first round and even beginning a series of like second line, so crucial to how uh, the Bruins play. So it's, it's like, if you're going to see all your points from the first line, it's typically not going to end out, uh, end up the right way. We saw that I think a couple of years ago when they were playing the blues in the playoffs, they just got shut down and they couldn't do anything. So oh, yeah, um, they definitely need more secondary scoring. So I don't even I don't even think we need to um, predict if Rask is in goal next game because I think he has played well enough as long as he's healthy to be in there. So I think that's a non-factor. Um, but do you think they can do it? Do you think they can get it done? Uh, what's your confidence going into the the New England? Because if you've actually like I don't know if you've seen the stats like I think they played eight games in Uniondale and they won one. So yeah, that's not good when you look at it that way. Um, frankly, I mean, it's, it's clear and obvious they're the better team, but again, it's playoff hockey. The, the better team doesn't always win. It's a battle of attrition. We've seen that time like through and through again. Um, and now it's, it's comes down to the fact you have a veteran group. It's game six. They've been there before probably multiple. I think if memory serves me right, they won two game sixes in the, the 2019 run. Obviously they didn't win the Stanley cup there, but like they forced game seven back at home after beating St. Louis in game six in the Stanley Cup. So it's easily doable. 
if they have 44 shots again, I don't think they will because it's going to be a totally different environment. But you have 44 shots again, you got to think some of these damn pucks are going to go in. Like, <laughs> like last night was the most frustrating game I've ever seen because like you just need some little chances, bit of and you might have had fucking eight goals. Like yeah. that's how that's the difference there. Um, I guess if there's crazy. any positive out of it, it's just two games in a row, and if you win this game, you you take it back. You even it. I got to think that's bringing momentum back to Boston, you know, so for game seven. So yeah, fingers crossed on this. Hopefully. I mean, they got as quick of a start as they could this past game and just couldn't seal the deal. So um, yeah, just something consistent across the board. It's really those, they're going to have some tough time watching film on this past game because of the breakdowns. It's going to be a tough one to watch, but um, well, we'll see. And soon enough, uh, going around the league, two Canadians finished off the Jets in a sweep. Um, I mean, you just said it on a recording. You hope, if it's not the Bruins, the Canadians. Uh, crazy thing for a Bruins fan to say. But, uh, but yeah, They're I'd love Carey. They're a fun yeah. young team. Caulfield. And then, I mean, I've, I've liked Carey Price since he's gotten in the league. Um I don't think playing goalie for the Canadians must be playing, be like being a star player for the Yankees or, you know, it's just the pressure of that, you know, where you're at getting it done. So it'll be kind of cool, but they're going to be sitting on a long break. So we'll see what happens. And what's interesting is like now, now they can't let what happened to the jets who just took down Edmonton, no problem. Um, and then Canadians battled out with Toronto for seven games. They just got to make sure that case doesn't happen where they're now in the Jets position, right? right? Waiting for their opponent here. So who went, like, and I, maybe they just reseed, but, like, who would the Bruins even play if they ended up winning the series? Do you know? I'm not even sure. Would it be them? Because, like, at this point, I mean, the Canadian, I mean, if, Looking at it, the Canadians were an Eastern Conference team, obviously in a different division this year. Because right, so I almost like to do the. I have no idea. I have no idea who's <laughs> who's eligible to travel. Pretty much, <laughs> well, they did open up the Canadian border now for hockey. For, like I no saw players, that, which is great. Um, but I also saw like potentially Carolina if they. Carolina, I don't think Carolina's going to win the series. Oh, that's right. I fucking hate Tampa. Um, <laughs> just hate so, everything about them. So uh, I think. If, I'm not sure exactly who is set to play who next, but I sure hope it's not the winner of the Avs and the, the Knights series because um, those both those teams look insane. And this now we got ourselves a series. Have you watched any of those games yet? I have not watched any of them because they're way too late, man. You got the East Coast, oh, West Coast time. You got like seven o'clock start. I'm over here at ten thirty at night. I'm like, I'm I'm not doing that. <laughs> It is um, – I mean, they're just good hockey teams, man. It's just uh, – I think whoever wins, it's, it's just – it's like a flip of the coin at this point between them. They're, they're just so – both of them are so loaded and, and strong. So, uh, But, yeah, a lot of great hockey been playing. Let's just hope the Bruins can push it to seven, give themselves a chance back in Boston. Uh, anything else you want to uh, cover on hockey? Besides Cassie's comments, which I actually really like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? You, you liked mentioned, it. You mentioned off the top. 
Yeah, I mean, what's the real, dude? What's the guy never gets fined? So, and he wasn't. I mean, first of all, it's not like he flat out blasted the refs. He said he knows they're great officials, but like in this series, they have not officiated great. Um, he's like, I know these guys personally, got a lot of great respect for him, but like, I do like the gamesmanship between him and Barry Trotz. I don't like Barry Trotz either. I feel like he's just kind of a, a douche. Um, but I like Cassidy kind of like just John with them. It's great. The, the paint the picture of the yeah. New York Saints versus the New York Islanders over there was a great comment. Love that. I think it's more of a stand for the team. You know, I think it's more of him like, you know, wanting to send a message to the team being like, hey, I got you guys. Yeah. Well, is that um, like, I mean, let's be real. There are some some calls last night, like the Corral. Oh, of course. That was suspect as shit. The Wagner one, when they replayed that and he cross-checked him right across the head, clear penalty. That's going to get called sure. every game. But like the Grizzly one where Komarov just like stole like as if he was dying, like, come on, dude, let him play. And, and I do agree with him saying, look, maybe we need to start doing that more and leaning into that type of hockey, but like that's not sure. who we are. We don't flop, you know? That's it's just not much. Like no one, even Marshawn has grown out of that habit now, you know? Um, well, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's what, you know, I think I liked his, his first point for sure, or start of his, his rant there where he was talking about, you know, the Islanders and how everyone says how, what a great hockey team they have. And, you know, they play the game the right way and all that stuff. And he's like, listen, so are we, <laughs> so, so do the Bruins and they have for a long time. And uh, like you said, yeah, there's been the instances with Marshawn in the past, but Right now, the only thing Marshawn's been doing is scoring. <laughs> that was a it, it was, and I, I, I do think, I think there is some power to speaking out like that because if you aren't somebody who does it often, if you're somebody who can just settle it down, you know, if maybe on the ice, if you're talking with the ref, you you make a case be known. But if you're not somebody who's known to come out and do this types of stuff, like. I can't tell you the last time I ever even heard a Bruce Cassidy uh, post-game interview. So there might be some effectiveness to, like, if he's got a real, you know, at the end of the day, reps are human, coaches are human, the players are human, right? So at the end of the day, if you're putting the refs on blast and if these refs know Cassidy is somebody who's not going to be overly complaining, all that stuff, it's like, okay, maybe what he's saying I got to check myself, whether you come out and say, whether the refs would ever come out and be like, Oh yeah, we're going to go look. No, they're never going to do that. But at the human nature in them, they're going to be like, all right, should we examine what what's going on here? Should we take a look? Um, well, you'd hope that would be the case. Uh, it's like, it's kind of like in basketball, you know, if someone who's flopping all the time, it's probably not getting all the calls, but if there's a dude who's, just takes a beating like a, I don't know, like a Marcus Smart and stuff. He's down. You're like, oh shit, probably something happened there. Um, or maybe Marcus Smart wasn't the best sure, example there. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you had like somebody who doesn't typically go down and they're down, you're like, damn, something must be really wrong. So hopefully by speaking up, um, cause he's not someone who's publicly always doing that. Uh, but at the same time, he's got to just, play all of his cards at this point they're one game away from elimination they got to win two so uh you gotta give yourself anything even if that means taking a, a hefty 25k uh 25k lighter lighter in the pocket he's not paying it oh no 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 if i'm yeah i hope not i hope not um but at the same time it's like these refs if they do a bad job they do deserve 
I guess I, I guess I'm saying this in a biased way because I'm a Bruins fan, but in any sport, don't you think it's okay if you're not completely blasting and like calling out somebody by name and just talking bad about them and their family and where they're you know it's like at that point for sure you should get well, it's hockey too so like i said it's not like he was like they've been terrible he literally was like i like the guys they're great refs i know that but they've been bad yeah. they're not it's not just, like nba where they're like they just don't even care but Mind coaching me. coaches and players can get just ripped apart all day every day yeah about their job but as soon as you mention refs or anything um, about a performance that you said, hey, it wasn't up to par, and it was in like a, the most respectful way it could possibly be, it's like, what are we doing here? Um, yeah, so we'll have to see there. Basketball, let's go basketball. I, try, I started going basketball. Terrible reference I just made with Marcus Smart. He does take some hard hits, but he's a great flopper. Um, he's the best flopper. So the Celtics season's over. We saw it coming. Thankfully. Um, but a lot of stuff that we did not see coming happened. Uh, Danny Ainge stepping back, stepping down. Um, I'm sure he'll still have some, you know, contact, especially since Brad's there. But he's stepping back. Brad Stevens taking over uh, in the management. We relieving his duties as a coach. I think he came out and said it was just it would be way too much, um, and he wants to put all his focus on that. And so we've got some question marks. Um, is there anything you want to? I mean, we'll have a whole off season to reflect. But is there anything you want to reflect on the Celtics team, like the play that we saw? Um, because I don't think there was anything that was surprising us without without Brown, without a healthy, you know, Robert Williams, without without a. Yeah, it just there was no chance they were going to win that, that series. I mean, look uh, what the Nets are doing in Milwaukee right now without Harden. I know. They won by what thirty nine points last night. I know. Which we, I, I'd like to chat about some of these other games too, because I do want to talk about the teams remaining and maybe like who we're hoping. Public Enemy number one right now too. Mainly because I mean, they're what now? Public Enemy number one. Okay. <clears throat> I feel. I mean, you got Durant. I don't know if you saw that news with Jay Williams today, Durant, like, telling Jay Williams to never talk about him comparing to Giannis and all that shit. And Kyrie, uh, and it's just generally a huge douchebag. Well, then, but then uh, Durant's prep, which was a dumb question, but, like, did you hear him? I forget who asked the question. Him. But he was like, hey, did you ever think you'd be this? Basically, his question, do you ever think, did you ever think you'd be this good after your uh, Achilles injury and your calf? It's like, what kind of question is that? Of course I did. <laughs> so, but it's just the way that he answers it like that. It wasn't so much of like a, a funny, like, dude, come on, man. It was more of like, but I get it. He's, you get question after question like that. I would, I'm sure I would be annoyed as well. My thing, my thing right now, and I mean, we can get into the, the playoffs currently, but Celtics, there's not a whole lot that, I mean, it was good that it ended quickly because, like, let's be real. They didn't have the talent to compete. There's so many questions now that they have in this offseason, especially now with this restructure. Um, obviously, the first being who is going to be the coach? How much involvement are Tatum and Brown going to have in that? Especially where is we know Tatum's sticking around. He ain't getting traded. We assume Jalen Brown is also sticking around. However, 
if there's going to be one guy that's going to be trade bait for a big roster shakeup, besides Kemba, which I think at this point is going to be just yeah. find a salary dump and attach a first-round pick if someone's dumb enough to take it, um, or you get back, like, two role players, um, right. you're paying, you know, you're definitely getting – just trying to get off that contract, I would assume, would be my best guess. But Jalen Brown is going to be the, you know, the guy to be traded for – yeah, the Damian Lillard rumors out there now, which I don't think that's even realistic, but like that's the starting point for something like that. Um, I do think there'll be some roster shakeup. It'll be interesting to see what Brad Stevens can do, especially after having coached these guys for so long and him saying, I know what our roster does well, I know what they don't do well, and what we need and what we don't need. So it's going to be a very interesting next couple months for the Celtics, as, especially for a Celtics like fan as an offseason. Like it's going to be very interesting. And I think there's going to be a lot of movement, not just with the Celtics, but in general throughout the NBA, especially where a lot of teams don't have a crazy amount of cap space, trades are the primary way for teams to change up their rosters and better themselves. So that will be interesting to see. Do you think, as far as head coach and appointing a new one, hiring a new one, um, do you think this is something they jump right on we see here soon? Or is it something that we'll see um, – maybe play out by the end of – wait till the end of the, the season. I would think that – I mean, they've already, just, you, they've already been some reported interviews, and that's mostly been the internal assistants, like Jerome Allen, I think Larry Nega probably. I think Scott Morrison they've reported too. Um, personally, I don't think it's going to be a white guy. Um, I just don't think that will be the case. Like, you've seen the rumors. It's like the reported, like, who they could be. You got – Chauncey Billups potentially I don't know if Jason Kidd is now just out of the running I mean it seems like he took his name out of the Portland job because the Lillard were so effusive of wanting him which makes sense and I I totally get that like I don't want to be your coach if if that's out in the news that you really wanted me there it's nepotism going on there Um, I don't know if that means he's now just going to stick with LA or he's going to put his name in the ring for the Celtics job Um, Sam Cassell which I would really like Sam Cassell I saw that yeah really good choice in my opinion also i mean there's been the rumors that maybe becky hammonds and so this kind of breaks ground on hiring first female coach carol Lofton, who was you know assistant there for a year before going to duke um i think she only coached like four games at duke before their season was shut down but she knows the team she knows the system she's well respected by all these players they worked with her for a year um so that could be a real groundbreaker and it's not like she, you're just hiring a woman to hire a woman she's a well-respected coach who you know had had the cachet to be on the Celtics staff um and Brad Stevens obviously respects her a shit ton so I don't know it's gonna be very interesting I think when when naming those four guys as five guys I think that will ultimately come down to a consultation with Brown and Tatum if those are your two guys from moving forward to see you know what do you think is the best fit for those two guys because at this point as much as it is hiring a new coach it's hiring a new coach get these guys to commit to a second contract four or five years down the line. Because realistically, as a Celtics fan, they'll be competitive, but like they're not going to be a top team to win a championship the next two years. Brad Stevens has his work cut out for him to retool this roster in the next two, three years, get off some bad money, such as Kemba's contract, figure out what Marcus Smart's contract looks like next, if he's even on the team. It's Rob Williams extension, but that's where you're, you're looking at. Now. You're not just looking at a coach for next year. So it's a big like Brad Stevens has got some serious fucking weight on his shoulders now to figure out what's next. And for Brad Stevens' decision, um, I think I came across it was his experience in the bubble last year that kind of made up his mind, right? 
Well, I think, yeah, I think he's, I mean, between that and then the quick turnaround, he basically says he's not, and I don't blame him. I mean, you've seen all the, I mean, you don't get obviously NBC Sports out here with all the guys like Perkins and Chris Forsberg, who you probably know, obviously, living back out here, but mm-hmm. you, you saw, there's so many reports about how he's lost the locker room. They don't respect his voice anymore. And, and that might be true. I mean, he's been there eight years, which in the NBA is like a fucking eternity. Um, well, and, and that's something that you see even the greatest coaches go through because you know once it, we saw not that that same you know not that same degree I guess but like the Brady Belichick type thing it's like you have two you have people around each other for so long you're bound to lose no matter what, how great of a coach you are um, or even how great of a player you are you're bound to lose that effective communication. The communication gets lazy. Yeah. There's um, three coaches in the NBA that have that long game. And they could, they could probably bring somebody in that says majority of the same things that Brad Steven probably says, but he says in a slightly different way and from a different source, it's a fresh start and it's effective. Whereas maybe that was just something that wasn't happening um, with Brad Stevens and you know sometimes it's a good thing for the players because you get a new guy in there and, or a new coach in there and and for a player even an established player the best player you get, there's a little bit of proving ground that has to happen right because now you're in front of fresh eyes without any assumptions without anything other than all right show me what's going on obviously that they, they're going to hire within somebody who's from the league that knows these teams, but from the inside of things, it's like, all right, there's a, there's a lot of not tryout, but there's like, all right, it's got to put it out there. Got to perform now. So maybe it's a nice little kick in the butt, fresh start all the way around, but there'll be plenty of time to talk about the off season. I'm just curious to see um, which direction they go. Coaching staff. uh, I don't even know if we could, that be a, a fair thing to do is, project or uh predict who might be in the coaching spot i don't even think you can i mean I, I, we just named the five names that are like hypothetical yeah. like john howard's also been rumored potentially like it, they're gonna cast such a wide net um and i don't know if that means like even some of the assistants they have currently if those guys stay on if they're not hired as the head coach or they a whole new staff um right it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out though, that's for sure sure um, and then around the league real quick, uh, we saw the Nets who were just blasting the Bucks. I, I Just quickly, we can go into this, but like from G, from Giannis's standpoint, you just signed this mega deal. You're Milwaukee. What's this got to feel like? Like, are you in a position where it's shit? Um, sort of like in a Dame Willard situation. Mm-hmm. Not to say that CJ McCollum is not great and like Yusuf Nurt, Nurt, uh, what's his name? Nurchich. Nurchich. Nurchich, yeah. Um, not to say those guys aren't great players, but it's like you remain so loyal to a team, which is a great quality to be loyal, loyal, right? But to the point where you also understand it's like, I might not win here. <laughs> Well, it's one of those things too, where yeah, I, I I'm sure he's looking at it like, what the fuck? Obviously, they're I mean they're down 2-0. They got absolutely murdered. Uh, they are going back home, so that might change some things. They got two games at home. They could have a chance to even this up. You definitely want to do that while Harden's still out. 
And I mean, it remains to be seen how much Harden's even gonna be able to play in this playoffs. Because like, I mean, you you dealt with hamstring injuries, or memory serves, right? Like, they're not like they just they just linger. linger, man. They wait, and they hit you at the most random time, and it's the most frustrating. Honestly, it becomes a mental thing. But after the first one, it's like, all right, it's a physical. But once you start testing it out, once you put the work in to rehab it, and then once it just goes in the most unexpected time, it just becomes mentally, you're like, how long am I going to have to do this for? Yeah. Um, so back to your frustration of Brianna's, which I'm sure he's feeling some way, but like, how the hell could he even predict? First of all, I mean, this loyalty yeah. is also the amount of money he was given. Like, he could buy the city of Milwaukee probably if he wanted to. Um, <laughs> but seriously and that's not a joke um but they how the hell could he have predicted that fucking they're gonna trade for Harden and like just become this juggernaut of a team i mean the pieces sure. blake griffin looked like freaking lob city blake griffin last night i mean i know it whereas he looked terrible against the celtics so like I mean, you just can't predict that um and he's only what 25 years old give him five more years see where he's at 30 with the lillard mentality and see if he's no more loyal because his contract will be up at that point yeah, um, and I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh, they got the work cut out for him. Come back in the series, that's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, we did talk about we bring been bringing in his name because he hasn't really come out and said anything clear, but he put out his little Nipsey Hustle quote there, and everyone's you know wants to tweet the eye emoji of like, uh oh, look out. Um, but as you said, age has got to be something. He's got to be looking around. And he is one of the guys that is most, probably easiest to overlook. Uh, no fault of his own. He always reminds you towards the end of the series season or into a playoff series that, so, oh, shit. That's right. Dame Lillard plays um, plays really good basketball. But I, I, I'd be one to admit that. If not for Steph Curry, Damian Lillard would be like, like the dude shoots from like, half court sure but yeah and so um i'll be you know that that's something i I, we can't even speculate on that because i mean that 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 was those are things that are said right after that's those are emotionally charged uh actions right but Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's some truth to them i'm sure there's some deep deep frustration that uh, they got to figure something out because they got players, man. They they know how to play and and win. They just have never put together, um, you know, the run that they needed to, or or they just got matched up against sort of like well, Milwaukee is right now with the the Nets. They get matched up against an extremely good uh, KD uh, Warriors team, you know, or something like that, where it's got a giant roadblock in the way. Um, it's just got to be super frustrating, but um, where else can we go? Uh, we're seeing, oh, Jokic won the MVP. Did you see that? Saw that. Out just, just recent, like last few minutes, uh, won that. Um, I guess I'm a Suns fan. I think I'm rooting for the Suns. Um, I'd like to see them. It's conceivable that they could win the West. I mean. The Clippers are the Clippers. They finally exercised well, that. The Clippers game. took seven games to beat a pretty suspect uh, Mavs team, in they my opinion. Doncic and some dudes. And, well. Unrelated. 
Unrelated. Christoph would not like you saying that, but yeah. unrelated, as you mentioned him, like I remember. So this guy Keith Smith and who um, tweets with he, he basically lives in Orlando, so he's pretty magic heavy, but he's also a huge Boston Celtics fan. So it's a lot of Boston Celtics. But he basically tweeted after that series that uh, Kemba for Chris Stapps is going to be the trade that every Boston Celtics fan hates because like it's the money works. It's like exchange and distressed assets, but yeah. Chris Asperzingos was terrible. And I mean, part of it is also that Luka Doncic has like a 40% usage rate. So it's a, I mean, he just figured out how to play off of him. He's, he's also earned the usage rate. He also oh, fucking puts it in, but I agree with you. I think Przingis was as good as he was with the Knicks because he was their go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, like, he's a great player. I, I don't know if he is a true number one on a team. Not anymore. With the injuries he's had, I mean, he's lost some foot speed. He can't really defend the perimeter, which is huge. Yeah. But he can still shoot the ball like crazy. I mean, hell, I would trade him for Kemba Walker because at that point he's a number three on your team. What the hell? What What the hell do you have to lose at this point? You know? Yeah. I save him money that way. I'm sure we'll see some aggressive moves by the Celtics in one way or another. Um, something maybe we don't expect coming, especially since we saw this 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 uh. This coaching move, that wasn't something in, – in Danny Ainge's move, I didn't see any of that coming. No. Let me ask you as we kind of wind down in the NBA. I think Brooklyn's going to get to the finals, personally. Yeah. Especially with Philly and Embiid's health right now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you actually think any team in the West can beat Brooklyn? Oh man, it's so. Here's the thing: Utah's been so good. Mike Conley's out game one, so that that affects them. Was, but I I actually I, it sounds bad, but especially in my lo- location out here, I have no excuse. But I haven't even watched Utah outside of like if they were playing because they're the know. most boringly efficient basketball team. So there's a little Spursness to them. Yeah, right. It's not flashy. And so from a defensive standpoint, like, I think they could do a good job at limiting. Um, and they have the star power to put some points in, right? So this is what what looks like you're not going to have a, a healthy Harden, if at all. Um, even if you get Harden back, he's going to be limited. It, it just You can't hurt your hamstring this many times and, and be – able to take a couple of weeks and be back. So it's, it's a hamstring that's really beat up. So if he gets out there, they might have him to some capacity, but it's not going to be, but it's Katie Durant, you know, whoever decides to show up that night, like Blake Griffin or something like that, um, which is a very scary duo. Very, it reminds me much of like LeBron and AD. It's like, you kind of live and die by your best two players. And those best two players can win on any night. So with that question being said, this is a long about way of saying I could see Utah being able to make some noise. I'd have to watch some more Utah games, see how they do here. But, um, and then there's a part of me that just really hopes the Suns go up there and play their butts off, but I don't know if they have anything to stop. Um, the Nets, man, I don't, I I feel like it's the Nets to mess up. It's like it's Kyrie and, and, and 
and uh, KD's right now Kevin Durant to screw up. Unbelievable. Um, I feel like they've just been a because we haven't seen them play all together at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've just sort of like not counted, not seen them in the same category as the Warriors um, of KD time and you know the, we, as these super teams. I feel like we haven't put them in that place when they clearly are at that level of talent. So, um, but they are an evil empire, man. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I just don't see any team beating them though. The only thing I, the only team I could actually see beating them and can't trust. Please them don't say much. the Clippers. Well, that's the only team, that's the only team no. on paper has the two superstars no. that could do it, but like, there's no way. Out. I don't think the Clippers can actually make it to the finals. That's the thing. The Clippers went to seven games with the Mavs. Hey, Unless maybe that just means the Canadians. they exercise their demons and it's like smooth sailing from here. The you know, sometimes Clippers. it's just that one getting over the hump and winning that series as a team. Oh my! Again, on paper, it's the only team I can see like having the requisite superstars and supporting pieces to compete. The Suns, great story. I mean, I think I do yeah. think they beat Denver. Um, they're they got a lot of talent, but who knows? That'd be like I'm trying to think of like a comparison of like the Suns going up against what the fucking juggernaut is of Brooklyn right now. There, there's there's one out there, but like I don't even know. I don't know. Devin Booker would have to average fifty, I think, and he, he's capable of doing it. He can. <laughs> he can. But Aiden, Aiden could have have a, that's one thing. Brooklyn would probably not have an answer for DeAndre and just his ability right now. Um, they would just have to play super physical. I think that would be their shot. It's like they got to play defense on offense, if that makes sense, where like they would have to be super physical on offense to make – to tire the nuts out and then therefore help themselves out. Like go at, I mean, it's, yeah. it's easier. I think the more we talk dead. about it, I think I'm with you now. I'm ready for Phoenix too. Yeah, I would love to see Chris Paul win a championship. Just, just the end of their year last year in the bubble. And now everything that's happening here, it's like Chris Paul, like it's just a great storyline taking down. It's, it's very much a David Verth Goliath matchup. If it were that, um, and it would just be a cool story, but, Again, that's just my fantasy world in my head that would be kind of cool to see. Um, let's see what happens. Let's, uh, let's move on real quickly. NFL starts mandatory camps. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, Patriots, Cam Newton. We'll see if he's, he's good. I, I, did, I think I saw a report that said that Stidham looked good and – but this is like it could have been like three balls that that that's really what it was, yeah. It, it was the it was the practice that he got injured. Mac Jones didn't look all that wow, great. Mac, Mac like Jones is his his accuracy was off. It could have been like oh, it's just you can't trust. I think at this point, Newton, I mean, they have not really tweeted what the actual severity of the injury is. It said bone bruise. So I mean, it's also if it's a bone bruise, you're not gripping a football. Sure. Um so I mean I would not be surprised if he's out until training camp, which is you know. August. Yeah. What? Uh. Yeah. What's the? So August, and then what's the first? Do we know the first date of the first preseason? They have game? mini camp. Well, they have mini camp. Um. Because this is just OTAs. Okay. Which are just 
I don't even know what the hell organized teams are. It's just practices. But like, I do think. One second, let me look it up. I did. Do think Patriots minicamp is like maybe this next week? Could be wrong. Um, but I don't think you'll see Cam Newton for the remainder of the offseason necessarily until training yeah. camp hits in August. And I think typically the first preseason game is like middle of August, right? August yeah. 10th, maybe. When's the, when's the Hall of Fame game that normally gets kicked off, which I don't even know if they're doing again this year. I That's true. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure with the uh... – yeah, I'm not sure with all of the, uh, you know, still COVID stuff. and. Yeah, mandatory minicamp is June 15th to the 17th. So okay. They had, Damn. Yeah, they got practice. They got two more sessions. Today was one of them. They got one Thursday, Friday. And then mandatory mini camps next week. So like, you'll you everyone's mandatory at this point. So you should see some of these guys you have not seen on the field. And I don't know if you follow who's been on the field for the Patriots, but you've seen most of these guys. I would not be surprised if Gilmore's not there, mm. um, if they kind of figure out his contract situation. But yeah, um, like Judon was there, who hadn't been there for a while. Not they had Matt, pictures of Matt Judon on the internet. Man, he was wearing a fucking sweatshirt under a jersey in 98 degree heat. Like, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? Trying to cut weight, man. Trying to get down and play. Anyway. <laughs> um, are there any other storylines in the NFL? Um, Aaron Rodgers other... holding out. So that one happened. Yeah, that's right. Aaron Rodgers done. Moving out, out somewhere west. The year. Yeah, um, uh, yeah he doesn't get really any care. Major storylines. I mean, the one big thing, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out with the Broncos quarterback situation and subsequently – it feels like the Aaron trade, Aaron Rodgers trade is now just off the table entirely. I could be wrong. Oh, that might, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I don't know if you read any of the reports. I mean, they're pretty – I think they knew he was going to hold out, but at the same time, I think they're fully prepared. Well, it's one thing to say that, but it's also another thing to, like, look at what Rodgers is doing and talking about and being like, there's no reason to think he's bluffing. Like, I just don't think he's going to show up. I don't think he's going to be there. So why? Like I mean, it's one thing for the owner to be like, "Oh, we're he's going to be here. We're going to say this," but it's like your guy's like, he's made his money. He's got his career. He's got his wife. In the last year, it's like, why? I mean, at this point, if he doesn't want to play for the team, he doesn't need to play. So what's what would be stopping? That'd be more time to host Jeopardy for him. So it's like it's a win-win for this guy. He yeah. he he's a great. He's a great. He's great on screen. Does a good job on he can make endorsements. It's like he's not going to be hurting. So I don't know why there's. I I just it makes me frustrated to see that there's the coaching staff and the GM and the owner and all this stuff that say all this the right shit, but it's like, but you're completely ignoring that everything everything we've heard from Rogers Camp or whatever it is maybe from him himself is I'm not showing up. I don't know why he would all all of a sudden be like. Ah, oh, you guys are right. I'll be there for, for week one. Um, and this isn't like Brady skipping out on voluntary shit and just showing up for minicamp. No, it's like – Yeah, it's very different. It just it sounds like he's kind of over it. And if he's not in the right situation, he's happy to be make his own right situation and not play. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to, to say about that. And then you got the whole – Thing with Deshaun, they, who knows if he's going to play this year? So, unrelated, but my favorite thing so far this offseason has been if you Kendrick Bourne. I'm interested to see how he does. He's like the third receiver, and now he's kind of like 
I would almost say like 1A as a wide receiver in terms of him and Aguilar. But like they've asked him, like, was it a hard decision to come to England? It's like, it was a no-brainer. Well, I mean, they gave you the most money, so that's obviously a no-brainer. So don't try to explain it, it was a football decision. I'm sure it was about a 20% football decision and 80% the most money. <laughs> so let's go with that. Just be honest with you, man. Yeah, they paid me a lot, and I'm excited to be here from a football perspective, but, like, they offer the most money. It was a no-brainer. Um, yeah. Every time I hear Aguilar's name, I just think of that video. The, <laughs> it's one of my favorite fan videos of all time. Aguilar. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so good. <laughs> so good. Um, He's come a long way since then. I know. A couple guys I'm interested to see coming back from injury, Saquon uh, Barkley and um, greatest legs in the league by far. Uh, and then – you see – as we talk about greatest likes in the league, A.J. Dillon for the no. Packers. He's running back to Boston College. He didn't play much last year. But okay. his, his his quads, might I think, may be bigger than Saquon Barkley's. Look it up. Because I think he calls them – one is uh, – He calls his quads. He's quads. Did you see him? Oh, he, I hate him already. Quadfather and Quadzilla. But just so great. And if you see him, it's like, oh, I get why he like, named his quads. Because they're – Oh, man. i got to look that up now. I just love abnormally big quads that just like engulf the kneecap. <laughs> it's like, how is this like, possible? How do you play pants? Um, <laughs> no. And then uh, Burrow, I'm excited to see if he comes I am back. I Chase. I'll be interested if that really lives up to the, uh, the LSU magic. Yeah. Dak Prescott, too. Apparently, he's good to go. Um, let's see. What else has been going on? Anything sports or – entertainment related that uh, you can think of fast nine's coming out soon oh I don't know what else i can yeah. do here i stopped watching that fast like tokyo drift whatever the hell that was hitman's bodyguard too i think that will be or hitman's bodyguard oh, no, anything hitman's with ryan reynolds i'm watching it's great hitman's, good time hitman's wife's bodyguard bodyguard there you go although i i saw this video i was talking about like actors that saved their careers with one movie. Mm-hmm. And he was on the list because he, it wasn't that he was a bad actor. He just was in notoriously bad movies. Yeah. And he would just get stuck in all these really terribly critically reviewed movies. Well, and obviously Deadpool. Him. What's that? Well, Deadpool obviously saved his career, but yeah, he's got that one. He's got, um, Free Guy, which I think is going to be funny too. I mean, oh talking. yeah, I've been seeing that. I remember seeing that a long time ago. Um, now, I remember watching an interview with that, talking about like the bad movie decisions he made, <clears throat> and it was him. And I didn't realize Taika Waititi was in it as an actor before he became his big director. And he might have been directing movies back then at the time. But they asked him like, you know, like they're both talking how like you know they're super excited to be working together for the first time, and like it's been such a dream come true. And like the two co-stars are like. Haven't you guys been in a movie together? It's like, no, I just met him the other day, man. But like, we've had a lot of respect for each other. And like, then like, it's to like, it's Green Lantern, isn't it? And it pans back and it's gone because they're like, they <laughs> acknowledge it. Well, there's the thing. So, first off, he's really like, he's cleverly aware with shit. But oh, yeah. I feel like, I, I think part of his struggles was like the industry wanted him so bad to be like this rom com dude. Mm-hmm. But he was just so, I mean, just his humor and everything about him was not. 
Like it wasn't action, yeah, but it wasn't. But he wasn't rom com guy, and they tried to put him in these movies that weren't what he was best going to, you know, put out there. Until he figured out, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna do Deadpool on my own, <laughs> and we're gonna get it right." But yeah. Freeman, yeah, um, super clever, one of the best on social media. Um, I'm trying to think, any? Oh, I watched. Uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for these foreign. Netflix shows, man. Uh, Ragnarok. It's like the Norway edition. Um, it's not. It doesn't follow the MCU, like come up of Thor of like Chris Hemsworth or anything like that. It's a little more like. Um, I don't know if it's a. I, I don't even read comic books, so I have zero clue what I'm saying right now. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of this this high school guy who gets the powers finds it's it's i guess there's part of the lineage in the story of thor in it so i don't know but anyways i watched that um that was kind of cool but oh and john mayer came out with a new song that was fun keep on keeping on john uh another funny dude on social when he's active but all right well let's put a cap to this uh this edition episode 51 um good good to to you know stop the the long little period before not not with it was for good reason why we had a long delay in between these shows but um but yeah hopefully next time we're talking we're on to the next round and boston might have a coach and the celtics mac jones is just throwing absolute missiles to people so um, let's hope that happens. All of that. So let's sign off on this. Travis, anything, last words you'd like to, to leave the viewers with, or the listeners? Hopefully the Bruins can figure it out. Yeah. Keep well, this is Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast, episode 51. Thank you for listening along. Can't wait to record and talk about the sports that happens between now and then. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.